Blog Talk Radio. Now let's join Holly Steffi and Red Velvet Media as we explore the inspirational worlds of music, media, and more. People are going to perform for us a little later on the show. And the band is new. It's never been on the television before. It's a band called Elephant's Memory, and uh, we met them last week, actually. And a local New York group. And, uh, Have you recorded them yet, John? I haven't recorded with them. We've only played with them a few times. We're trying to rehearse a few numbers to play here. And possibly uh, they'll be performing with us uh, on other dates besides this. And this is the first time we've played together. And this oh, is very marvelous. exciting for us and them.
Super cool. Welcome to Red Velvet Media, Blog Talk Radio, and today is a really special show. I have a very special guest in the studio today, Gary Van Syok. And I know I said his name correctly, and I know that a lot of people probably are wondering whether they pronounce it right. I believe it comes from a Dutch origin um, based on some of the other things I've heard. And um, Gary, um, in that song is called Wind Ridge, which appears on Gary's newest CD that he just um, dropped called Pop Goes the We Pop Goes the Ways. I was going to say Pop Goes the Elephant. I'm stupid. Um, <laughs> I think he Pop Goes the Weasel, but it's Pop Goes the Elephant, and it's super cool. And um, Gary has a really lot of really amazing information, and we have him in the studio today. He's done so much work with other people besides just his own band, um, the Elephant's Memory Band. And um, and then, of course, John Lennon playing with them for a short period of time. But they were an established band before um, all that happened. But I'm going to bring Gary into the studio because Gary does a lot of other things besides playing with the band, he does teaching, um, he's been in, played with quite a few other people like Chuck Berry, Mick Jagger, Bo Diddley, Stevie Wonder, <laughs> countless people, and we're going to talk a lot about that and about the opening song that we just opened up with. Gary, welcome to the show. Hi, <laughs> Holly. Glad you're here. I'm patiently waiting yeah. to make my entrance here. No, <laughs> Thank I'm you so, so much for having here. me on the show, I appreciate it. Oh, man. Are and you Eva says hello. Oh, I love Eva. And and just so if anyone knows who Eva is, Eva is Gary's um, significant other. And she is an amazing woman and been a very good friend of mine on Facebook for a long time. And Gary is like um, been so busy with his work. And what's really cool and I love about this new CD is you dedicate a song on there called Eva to his wonderful wife. And, I mean, so much love in that song. And... Um, Oh, I thanks, just, Holly. I love this uh, whole season. No, I just. It's a pleasure to write something about uh, your wife. You know, it's great. Uh, it was timing was great. It was our anniversary, our nineteenth anniversary in June, and I started wow. getting the idea at uh, the end of the winter, and uh, it came together nice. And it's actually the newest track uh, on the record. So. I know. I was. I was. I'm looking at all the other tracks, and um, there are. There's Eva, there's a song called Drunken Sailor, I'm Gonna Love You Again, um, Fancy Dan, Don't Deny Me, Cosmic Blues, love that song, Selena in Windridge, and then a couple special um, tracks on there, which one was the spot that we opened up with the live spot for the Mike Douglas show, that was John's um, introduction to actually the Elephant's Correct. Memory Band. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then um, a very special, special rendition of Imagine that we're going to play at the end of the show, and we're going to talk about that a little more. But um, yeah, never been released. Uh, I'm nope. excited to have it on there. You know, and you know what? Haven't you know been what? sued was, yet. So. No, no. You know what? I. It's <laughs> so funny you said that. <laughs> oh my God! You know what I was thinking. Um, you know how they end the New Year's, um, the the time Times Square every year with Imagine the song Imagine every year yeah. in Times Square on TV. Yeah. I really, really think that who, if if anyone's listening, and um, they should end it with the version that we're going to be playing today. It's 
unbelievable. Wouldn't be, wouldn't be more than perfect, would it? It would just, uh, you know, it, like I said, it hasn't been heard, so it would be something fresh at least. Unbelievable. Yeah, so if you guys are listening. <laughs> nice suggestion. Yeah, sh- Great. Yeah, no, 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 it is. And um, the reason I thought about that was, um, first I want to say, if you are listening and you want to listen to the show again or missed any part of it or can't be on the whole time, it will be available on iTunes afterwards and also on demand on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio. And we do have a chat room. If you want to go into the chat room, the chat room is open. And if you'd like to call in, the number is 347 347- Six seven seven one zero three six. Um, the reason I thought so much about when I heard Imagine immediately, it like when, when and and I keep talking about a bike around and hear this. It's just so emotional. And you're and you even I you and I talked about it a few seconds before we went on the air. Um, it, it has a very special feel to it. And you know what it kind of sounds like to me. It sounds like you know when you listen to Saturday Night Live and when you hear the how they end sometimes a lot a lot with really cool like really good music like with the saxophone and stuff and now I'm giving it away. It's a very very <laughs> amazing amazing song. It's a nice the tribute to Lenny Pickett, the saxophone player on Saturday Night Live. He was is one of the best, and uh, you know Wasn't I put it? him right in there with uh, Stan Bronstein from Elephants. You know they're both yep. just one of the top players at that time, and still are really. Well, you know, you um, just so everybody knows, Elephants Memory Band was a very well established band way before John came around, and John was just um, an extension of what happened. And from what I um, heard, he asked to join your band um, after he jammed with you guys. <laughs> For a while, which is kind Pretty of Pretty hard funny. to believe, isn't it? Yeah, and we actually kept uh, them waiting, Holly. We we had kept oh them waiting God, out in the wings, and so uh, you know the, our roadies kept. Uh, I don't think it was Eddie Kleinman at the time. I hadn't hired uh-huh. Eddie, our our good friend Eddie Kleinman, and uh, uh-huh. that ended up being the main roadie for Elephant's Memory. But at the time, the roadies came in and said, John and Yoko are out in the lobby, man. They want to come in and jam, and we said, Oh yeah, my right. God. So we we uh, actually didn't believe it and kept them waiting for over 45 minutes. So. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so it was pretty yeah, cool yeah. when you all no, stand. That's you know. funny. That's funny. Yeah. That is too funny. We played almost all night that night. It was a lot of fun. Wow. That's, that's, that's amazing. And, you know, what's really cool about it is that he – um, heard about you guys because, as 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 I said, Elephant's Memory Band had already done quite a few quite a few um, records and um, releases. In fact, they were um, had a featured um, thing from the Midnight Cowboy. You had four tracks on that, and before that, exactly. you had quite a few other albums that released. And your very first band um, that was even before the Elephant's Memory Band. I heard. You came over and you were working at a club. Um, was it the Go Go? Was it was it that that you played at? Well, one the, of the elephants no, used at. to work. At, uh, one of the elephants used to work at a at the, when the band first started before I was uh-huh. in the band. They worked at a place in the village called Trudy Hellers. Okay. And that's where they actually got their start. And I came in in '69. Uh, Adam Ippolito and myself 
came in after we were in a band called Pig Iron on Columbia Records, and uh-huh. I just showed up. To, I just showed up to I don't know an audition that they were. They had a, like a cattle call out in New York in the Village Voice for bass players, and I think myself and sixty-five other bass players showed up. Wow. And uh, I got a couple of callbacks and uh, got the gig, and I couldn't have been more excited because I kind of we'd been on the road touring, and I never lost a beat. And they had a lot of great gigs, and did this little uh, broadcast out on Long Island on a station called WLIR. Uh, wow! And I we did a live show, that. and uh, he, that's how John got the tape. He got the tape of that show that we had done live radio broadcast, and that's uh, actually how he auditioned us before he came over to to ask us to play and uh, be in his, uh, be his backup band, basically, is the way it ended up. But but it was nice. He extended himself, and Yoko couldn't have been kinder, and, uh, you know, to came up with the kind of the merger idea, the Plastic Ono Elephant's Memory Band. Mm-hmm. And uh, Yoko uh, spoke up really quick. Uh, that's poem, P-O-E-M. And it was wow. Like, you know, she's into all that that kind of stuff, and it was, mm-hmm. was kind of like it was meant to be. It was neat. And you and you John know, were nice. Our name could have had a Z yeah. in it or something. It wouldn't have worked out, you know. Oh, no, that's 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 pretty amazing. And you also, both you and John, um, she gravitated both towards you. Well, she gravitated towards you mostly in the Elephant's Memory Band because you were nine like John was, right? That's true. You know, she kept bringing that up and uh, always uh, – you know, it was nice. I, I wasn't really into that at the time, if I remember. But hey, when but somebody's today, got positive now? stuff going on, you can't really yeah. uh, you can't really argue with it. You know. Uh, and for everyone that wants and, to know about that, it's it's numerology, but um, yeah, it's yeah, it was, you it was, know pretty cool. It was pretty thing. big at the time, actually, in '72. Mm-hmm. That was pretty popular. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe it still <laughs> is. I'm not sure. It is. It <laughs> definitely is, and also. Um, in names like um there's a friend of mine uh which i think eva knows her sharita star she does a, she wrote a book called it's all in the name and she takes her name and she makes there's a set there's some kind of hidden meaning a sentence that comes out of your name and i i mm. should have talked to her before we did the show i'm going to find out from her what your name means because it's really amazing um mine um, she came out with was it came out um, was soul poet that I was a soul poet, um, mm. which was interesting and interesting also radio star. Yeah, it was it was really cool. So I'm gonna have her do you do do your name, and I will make sure that I get that information over to yourself or Eva. And for those of you that yeah, want to tune in and check out um, Gary's uh, page. Um, he is on Facebook. He has a um, fan page on there, but he also has a website, which is I'm going to spell it out for everyone. It's Gary G A R Y. Go for it. Yeah, I know. Sorry, I think I overlapped you there. No, no, it's cool. It's fine. That's how. There's a little bit of a delay on here, so if I talk over you, just uh, please, please excuse me. I'm sorry. Uh, it's Gary, and then it's V A N, and then S C Y O C. But it's pronounced Van Soik. So you're not pronouncing the Sayak. Excuse me. You're not pronouncing the C in it. And it's a Dutch, from what I heard. You have a Dutch background? Definitely Dutch. Yeah, my ancestors were back on the Hudson years and years ago. 
up here mm-hmm. on the Hudson River around Terrytown. Yeah, let's talk about you growing up and what you were listening to when you were growing up and how you got into music. That's really important to me. I want to know a little bit more about that. Yeah, I'm from Pittsburgh, and uh, soul music in the 60s, uh, bass players like James Jamerson, Duck Dunn, all the uh, Stax Volt stuff from Memphis, uh, the, the bass player that ended up being in the Blues Brothers movies and all that stuff. Wow. Those were my biggest influences, and uh, I was in a band very very early on called the Dynatones, kind of around my college days, be mm-hmm. around 1965, and had a actually had a hit single in 1966 uh, with Hanna-Barbera Records, the people who do the Flintstones and the Jetsons, and yeah, some of my music can be heard uh, in some of those old shows and a lot of those reruns of, the, of all that stuff. They're probably on DVD, too. Yeah. I'm still waiting for the check. Oh, but, wow. Uh, Are you kidding? Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. That, I used was, to work that was my with, earlier years. And, uh, yeah, that's cool. And then well, You're out there. Did... You, everybody's heard of Hanna-Barbera out in California. Yeah, they're in Studio City, and um, actually that was one of the very first things that I did when I got um, into California after I was doing modeling and stuff like that. I went over to Hanna-Barbera, and I did a very short period of time over there working in their marketing department. So that's interesting oh, that you that, that they were behind you. But so as a child growing up, what I mean, your influences and stuff were obviously what you just listed, all the really greats of the greats that you were listening to. Um, who were your mentors growing up? Who really, like, mentored you into getting into music? I was, what was I was very fortunate. Uh, you know, I took mm-hmm. up the trumpet in the fourth grade and did all the band stuff. But when I got to high school, Holly, my band director was a professional bass player and singer. Wow. I did a lot of work in Pittsburgh, and he used to take me with him on gigs. And so I got a really, at 13 and 14, I got a very close look at what it was to go to a professional gig and be a bass player and have to sing and slept the equipment and get paid and all that stuff. So he was very instrumental in me uh, getting a, a bird's eye view of what I was really getting into. So I think I... I was pretty much sold by the time uh, I got home the first night, I think, but <laughs> went on to uh, do music school, and uh, that's where the Dynatones came in, the, the band I just uh, mentioned that was on Hanna-Barbera. They were my college band, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, from there was Never Look Back, just uh, had that hit record and moved to New York uh, and got connected with a couple labels and... Uh, Started doing jingles during the day for Tijuana Small. Oh, cigarettes. wow. Uncle, really? Uncle Ben's Rice and all kinds of stuff. So, oh, that's and that's funny. about the time that I uh, answered the ad in The Voice for to do The Elephant. So I was getting a little bit bored of just doing the studio thing during the day. Uh-huh. And uh, would, they, they were when they played in town, it was a big deal. They kind of owned Max's Kansas City. They mm-hmm. sold the place out every time they were there. And in those days, you played the whole week, every night. It wasn't just a one-shot deal. So mm-hmm. those were fun times, you know. At Max's Kansas City, you know, David Johansson was around, New York Dolls, and Patti Smith opened for us several times. And 
it was a, it was a tight little scene back there in the early seventies. We're talking about nineteen seventy one. Oh yeah, no, we did we a show with uh, on on Max's Kansas City because um, I have the book, and we did I did a show with them on that, and we talked a lot about um, the different music that was playing there. But um, getting back to that, so you um, were playing with them, and how did um, that go into you guys recording for Midnight Cowboy and doing all the other stuff that you've done? That's pretty interesting. Well, Midnight Cowboy, Holly, was uh, actually a year before I joined the band. Mm-hmm. And they had had a hit single as well uh, called Mongoose. It's really the only, if you wanted to call the band a one-hit wonder band, I guess, you know, I, I would take it because it is a bonafide top 40 hit in 1969 called Mongoose. Mm-hmm. And I didn't play on that record, but when they were putting out the cattle call for bass players in 1971, they were putting out uh, calls to get the band strengthened to promote that single. So that's where I come into the picture, mm-hmm. uh, promoting the hit single uh, that they had. But, uh, you know, the first thing that impressed me when I went to audition for them, and uh, actually I, I I was called back, and it was just I went to their apartment. I wasn't even a, a rehearsal place. It was just come and let's talk, that kind oh, of a wow. thing. And uh, the mm-hmm. first thing I spotted when I came in the door was that gold record of Midnight Cowboy, and I went, oh, boy, this, I'm on the wow. right track. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was exciting. Uh, that was the I first bet. band I had played with that actually had a gold record. So. Wow. Um, what so a that, was, that was a good been. way to start. And uh, mm-hmm. so it only was eight months after that, the, in December that we uh, of '71, that we met up with John. So I, everything's timing, they say, right? Maybe there is a, something to that timing and numerology stuff because uh, I've, I really feel that my whole uh, career has been. Uh, I've been so blessed. It's uh, and the timing of it all has just really been um, very advantageous. How can I say? How could you argue about it? Oh, no, you've had a really exciting so far, and I know you played with a group called Pig Iron, too, as well, and I think right. I think that um, we're going to be getting a call from Ed Kleinman, who managed Pig Iron, right? Didn't he manage? Exactly. Well, he was their road manager and, and Elephant's Memory. That's why he did such a great job, such a great guy, and... Uh, when he came in uh, to do pig iron, he was, you know, was he was very impressed, uh, impressive as a road, man, road manager, and uh, so that's why I called him to do Elephant's Memory when their guy fell by the wayside under pressure. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> when the pressure was on, boy, it's tough, man. I bet. So, yeah. Yeah. No, because... Eddie does a great job. He's one of the best. He's so sweet. He said he was going to call in about 5.30, so um, I think that um, if if that's okay with you, I think he's going to be calling in about 5.30. Yeah, so we can Mm -hmm. have him join our conversation. But I just wanted to ask you, um, on a personal note, with this newest CD that you just dropped, um, tell me a little bit about um, the name and... Then the tracks that are on here, so that we can understand a little bit more how that goes, and of course the unreleased tracks and the newest track, Eva, which is really a beautiful right. song. Yeah, 
Let's well, talk about Pop Goes the Elephant. It, it, was a, it was a tough choice. I had almost 26, 27 songs to choose from. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of stuff. And it's spread out over two or three decades. Because when Dridge, as we just, as you just were nice enough to play, was uh, that was John Lennon actually on the piano, and uh, he wrote the piano lines that you're hearing on that song, and I tried mm-hmm. to to coax him into taking uh, writing credits for it, but he wouldn't hear about it. So uh, that was the oldest track. That's from 1972, and I really consider that a re-release, as uh, you said. And uh, Eva, we mentioned, which is the opening track, and that's uh, uh, dedicated to my wife, Eva, for our 19th wedding anniversary. Uh, The second track, Drunken Sailor, is a track that I've had around since, I guess, almost 84-ish. What a great song that is. It has my writing partner, Jay Hirsch, on it, but the real treat on Drunken Sailor is an incredible slide solo by Hugh McCracken, the great Hugh McCracken. I was lucky enough to get uh, on the record with Will Lee on bass, no less. And Rick Morata from the Double Fantasy lineup is on drums. And Don Grolnick, uh, James Taylor's keyboard player, it just goes on and on. That track is just superb. And I'm just lucky enough that my writing partner, wrote that song and uh, had me in mind when he wrote the song. Uh, There was another uh, version of that out by a band called Tycoon uh, in the early 90s that was a minor hit, but it doesn't sound anything like the track that's on my record. It was was almost kind of like a pop reggae thing. Uh, Mine's a little bit more serious, and Huey McCracken really was instrumental in helping me get that track together. So uh, the late Huey McCracken, I'm sorry to say. And uh, so real proud of that one. Fancy Dan is also written by my writing partner. That's a live track and uh, by a band called Everyone uh, that coincidentally Eddie Kleiman managed. <laughs> oh, wow. So that's why I was trying to get to uh, to fancy Dan and Gonna Love You Again because the musicians on that were the band that Eddie got me involved with. They're the players on that album, on the, those two cuts. And then uh, uh, most of the stuff, you mentioned Cosmic Blues. That's a that's a whole Great different uh, lineup of musicians and real retro sounding rock yep. and roll kind of thing. Love uh, it. And that, yeah, thanks. And then there's the two kind of... Uh, uh, reggae, pop reggae tunes, mm-hmm. Don't Deny Me and Selena. And that, mm-hmm. that pretty much brings us to the final track, which uh, hopefully maybe you'll play later. Uh, We're going to end with track. that song. Yeah, perfect idea. And I'm going to tell Thank you, you. Um, if anyone's listening, um, again, if you'd like to call in, it's 347-677-1036. The chat room is open. And again, this is Red Velvet Media, Blog Talk Radio. And today um, we are talking about the newest release, Pop Goes the Elephant. And um, let's see. I also want to say that you yourself, Gary, um, before I know Ed calls in, and I know when Ed calls in it's going to be really fun because he has a lot of really great stories. I know we just recently had him on with his book. I know you wrote a book, too. Let's talk briefly about that, that book that you wrote and your teaching that you are currently involved in. 
Yeah, I have a little uh, teaching uh, studio, and uh, I've been teaching actually since 1969. I used to actually wow. have a... A teaching ad in the Village Voice every week and taught students all through my career. So this is something I've done forever. And you know, I went to music school and got my degree and all that. And uh, for the moms, they want to make sure you have credentials. And so I do kids like 13 and up and uh, even some professionals. I've been doing that for many, many years. And uh, I wrote an instructional book. I just got so tired of having to have... Uh, piles and piles of notes around and uh, it was mm-hmm. I think the last straw was when a student drove off with his pile of papers on the roof of his car in a snowstorm and I says oh, no. I have to get some I have to get something like a book or something you know so it's uh, I kind of combined some transcriptions of uh, tracks that I did with John Lennon and Yoko they're in the back of the book some musical trans the bass transcribed the parts I, I wrote them out and uh, it's kind of like a little theory book and an introduction. And throughout the book, I've included almost every other page is some really luscious pictures of my career. So it's kind of an interesting uh, presentation. It's not just an instructional book, but I kind oh, of dangled a awesome. carrot there with the pictures to try to get more people to uh, get interested in it. But uh, it was a labor of love. It was good. It came. I did that in, in what would have been... 2007, I believe, I put that together. Seven mm-hmm. years already? Wow. Holy cow. Time flies, as they say. No, I mean, you've done, you've done some <laughs> Thanks for mentioning it. I appreciate it. No, no. I think it's Available really on the website. No, it is. It's really important. And what's really cool, again, I just posted the website in the chat room for everyone that's listening. Um, and I'm going to give it out again really, really quick because I think it's really important you go there because what's really cool about this website is there are some amazing pictures on there. It's G-A-R-Y-V-A-N-S-C-Y-O-C dot com. And if you go on there, it's it's a really cool website because you can see um, um, the just everything, just anything you would want to learn about. And there's lessons and, and podcasts on there, equipment and links. There's uh, the jukebox, there's the gallery, the discography, there's a bio on you, which I think, you, you know, what you've done, your bio is, is just un, unbelievable. Um, you've played with some amazing people. I mean, um, let's talk about some of the memories you have with some of these people that you've played with. Do you have anybody that you've played with that, um, besides John, that you have any memories of that you'd like to share with our listeners? And I see Ed in the chat room. And Ed, if you can hear me, just hold on one second. When we finish this up, I'll bring you into the studio. Um, is there anyone that you worked with yeah, that well, you... That, um, yeah, I'm probably the most uh, most famous person you've never heard of. Uh, <laughs> I... Uh, you know that I love to mention Howard Tate. How I, every time I get on an interview on the radio, I was uh, Howard Tate was an incredible R&B artist that was uh, very famous in this in the 60s and was produced by Jerry Ragavoy, who wrote another little piece of my heart for Janis Joplin. And I somehow I got involved with Atlantic Records and Jerry Ragavoy. We became great friends. He owned the famous recording studio in the in the city called uh, the Rec- I'm sorry the Hit Factory and hey. uh, so I did a lot of stuff for an Atlantic uh, Atlantic label there and Howard Tate was one of them and it was just one of the most 
having such a great background in soul music and R&B coming from Pittsburgh, that was a huge thrill to me to be involved with somebody who's considered, uh, I think the Rolling Stone calls him one of the top 10 R&B singers of all time. So another guy that not, you know, you don't hear about him every day, but uh, had a great song uh, in the early 70s that I play on called Eight Days on the Road. I think Aretha Franklin even did a version of it as well. As a matter of fact, she called me to do the record, and I couldn't do it. it was, that was a huge disappointment, actually. Wow. <laughs> to be, I had a, had a shot to be on her record, her version of it, but it uh, didn't work out. We were out in California at the time touring out by you guys and uh, doing a, a huge festival in L.A., I think, uh, from one of the big radio stations there, the something rock. I forget what it was. K-Rock? But, uh yeah. So it was a huge thing at the L.A. Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had, uh, you know, Cher was there and the Bee Gees. And uh, I've got a great wow. story I told about Keith Moon. I'll have to, to share with you maybe another time about uh, when we went to uh, the L.A. Coliseum. Keith Moon was supposed to be the MC, And, uh-huh. of course, he came out in drag. And uh, it was just a whole saga. He came over to the to the Whiskey Go-Go and, uh, Whiskey Go-Go and played with us. And so that was my my chance of a lifetime to play with Keith Moon. I'm so fortunate to have had that that night, and that was a wonderful experience. But uh, So anyway, that's uh, I digress. That was why I didn't get on the, the Aretha record. But I am on the Howard Tate version of Eight Days on the Road. If anybody would like to look up that on uh, YouTube, you'll find it immediately. It's a pretty great record that's, produced that's by Jerry Ragavore. Mm. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Oh. The phone rings. Hello, and it's Aretha Franklin. Can you play my? I'm busy. <laughs> well, actually, it was her people, but you know. Well, still, uh, that's pretty. Yeah. That's actually, pretty it was Radio intense. Registry. I don't know whether you've ever mm. heard of Radio Registry or not. They were. They uh-huh. kind of handled studio musicians, and yeah. you know, they would be the ones that the intermediate guys that would get a hold of people, the book sessions and stuff. So I think that's actually where I got the, the call from. But uh, nonetheless, it was it was very exciting and that disappointing so cool. not to be able to do it. No, but that I mean, would have been the ultimate for me. Oh, are you kidding me? And I know you've played but, with um, Jerry Garcia, um, Neil Sedaka, Mick Jagger, a lot of other people. Um Neil Sedaka was another sweetheart. I love playing with Neil. I love his really? music. Really? I bet. Oh, he was great. Oh. Yeah, he was great. Really? I bet I bet yep. he was really cool. I would love to hear that Keith Moon story. We have time if you got <laughs> if if you have time. Um I should Well, I bring... could kinda actually have told half the story, so I may as well finish it, right? Yeah. Let's so we're hear getting it to the sound quick. check at the LA Coliseum, you know, that's the listeners, to anybody oh, doesn't know. It's a huge uh-huh. place. It holds 80,000 people. And uh-huh. so we're we're going around the outside, and we couldn't figure out how to get in because there was all of these huge doors that were closed. We couldn't find an entrance. We'd never been there before. So we're uh-huh. driving around it and around it and around it, and finally somebody says, who in the hell is that? And if anybody's <laughs> ever been to the Galley Coliseum, it's like 100 feet uh-huh. high, with ivy growing all the way up on the walls, uh-huh. at least it was back then. And uh-huh. so we look up, and here's Keith Moon, drunk out of his mind, trying to climb into the L.A. Uh-huh. Coliseum. 
ha- having the same problem as us, not being able to figure out how, how to get in. And he was he was he had to be at least fifty feet high, hanging by his hands on these <laughs> ivy trellises. It was just one of the most insane things we'd ever seen. So I uh-huh. asked him. We yelled at him and says, "Keith, get down, man. We'll, we'll find out how to get in." And he gets in the car, and we had the whole band, three groupies, and and Keith. And Keith and I ended up being like nose to nose in the back seat, and <laughs> and he was so drunk. It was just oh my god! It was what I a bet. trip that day was. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we got in, and he comes out to introduce the band and drag. That was another shocker. Oh, that is funny. Nineteen seventy-two. I mean, you know. Oh no, that that must have he been wild. wild. No, uh, that must he was have been wild. Else. No, I bet. I'm going to bring Ed into the studio real quick. Cause, um, Great. Let's cause talk I to know Ed. that Ed's Thank on you. the line, and we've, we've had, I've had him on, and uh, he wanted to be part of this. Hi, Ed. Welcome to the show. Hello, Holly. And Gary, how are you? Hey, buddy. Thank you guys nice for the nice, kind you. words about me. I'm a oh, little embarrassed. You, you deserve it, in my, my office. You, know, but, uh, you deserve it. Oh, thank you, thank you. you yes, know, so it, was, it was a good you time. Yeah, so Gary, why don't you introduce Ed um, as you rem- as as he was part of your life, so everybody understands the intricate part of him and what he did with you guys, and um, and then Ed, you can tell a little bit of your little stories uh, about your in your stuff. So um, all right, I'll, Gary? I'll go first. Uh, oh, I right. know Eddie from from the wonderful band Pig Iron, which was kind of like a, an instrumental, uh, like a horn band, really, if you wanted to call them that. Uh, bluesy mm-hmm. kind of band. It was we originated upstate New York, and when mm-hmm. I came down to to Manhattan, I think that's when you got involved, right, Ed? Yeah, and uh, you handled the band. We did a lot of college dates, and uh, Eddie just did. Uh, Ed, you just did a wonderful job handling the band, <laughs> and uh, and I never forgot it. And uh, when we that decided to uh, give the drummer the axe, <laughs> we, <laughs> we 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 did that, and. Uh, Tried to go out on our own and it didn't work out, and I was so disappointed that we had to uh, to let you go. But I never well, forgot you. And you know, uh, I, then the I, elephant I, memory I, thing I, came around, and I, you I got the call, buddy. Uh, I remember well, my memory was I had gone out to California and uh, living in San Francisco and had a roommate who had a lot of money, and we ended up producing some shows out there. And I had driven all the way back myself. I I, dri- I had I had somebody riding with me, but she didn't drive. She just got left off in Manhattan when I got back. And I think I was still sleeping when I got the call from you. It's, uh, hey, it's Gary. Oh, yeah, how you doing? You know, <laughs> still, I think I'm still driving or I'm sleeping. Well, listen, uh, I've got a, I'm with a new band. Do you, wanna, you, do you need some work? And, of course, I said yes. And I met everybody at uh, the rehearsal studio. It was on West 4th, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, I always... Tell us the story. Is like, here I am being interviewed by all these guys. I know you and Adam from uh, Pig Iron Days. And I'm getting right. a question and I'm doing a whole thing, you know, whatever I'm doing. And all I got is Elephant's Memory. And at the end of the interview, I think everybody kind of agreed that, yeah, we all agreed, yeah, we'll work together. I'll be the tour manager and everything. And then somebody said, oh, yeah, by the way, do you know we work with John and Yoko? <laughs> We like, kind of left that out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and you have to be very cool, you know. It's, it's all of a sudden, like, huh? <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
Yeah, that must but have been a surprise. It was a surprise, but it was you guys. Uh, you know, you and Adam are always in my in my thoughts, especially now because we're back connected, back up, and we do talk once in a while. And, exactly. Uh, yeah. Some things just never go away, do they? <laughs> no, I guess not. <laughs> no, and it's you know I love the I mean I love the CD you sent over to me, the new one. And, it's great to hear oh, you. Isn't all it that great? Yeah, appreciate it. Oh, it's Isn't wonderful it to hear Ed? all the music that you're involved in. Ed, did you hear what I said yeah, about the Imagine going on track? The did what? you hear what I said about the Imagine track that we're going to be ending with today that I said that Oh, yes. Um, I li- how... I've been listening to the show since it went on. Don't yes. you agree with me? Don't you agree with Absolutely. me? Absolutely. And Imagine was the song that me and my wife danced to for our wedding. Not that version, oh. but uh, uh, that's huh. Imagine was our wedding song. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. She's from New Jersey, you said, right? She's from New Jersey. And the funny thing about, uh, I was looking at, while you were talking, I was looking at the tracks, and the Sly Fox and Lynnhurst is where you got that <laughs> everyone recording. That's where I met her. No way. Yeah, no, I, I met didn't her remember at a that. gig there. Makes sense, but I didn't recall that. No, and I didn't recall the name of the place until I saw it. Uh, you know, what, right. 10 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago. Yeah. We had a, a lot of good night. nights there, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Musically and, <laughs> but, and you know, socially. <laughs> hearing so much great music from uh, the Elephants and John and Yoko, I mean, I'm not sure I ever and liked what how Yoko sang, but I remember so distinctly how she knew what she wanted in the studio. Did you ever get that yeah, feeling? Sure. Oh I mean, she yeah, just knew most, what she wanted to sound. I tell everybody that. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like, uh, you know, she she came in with a plan. You know, we had to do a little interpreting and sure. you know shifting things around a little bit, but that was all in the, she knew what she on wanted. us being professional musicians. But uh, she had a clue. She also turned me on to sushi the first time. Did she? <laughs> You're kidding yeah, me, Gary. You remember she brings she'd have sushi ordered in to the studio. That's oh, yeah. That's funny. yeah. Quite frequently. Yeah, quite frequently. Really? You know, so was, what What was your favorite? What 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 did she introduce you to that you liked the most? Because sushi's changed so much, you know, because they've infused well, it. But I'm a big Philadelphia roll. Like? <laughs> the what? I'm, a big, I'm Jewish. I'm a big Philadelphia roll. Put the cream cheese happy in the Happy Hanukkah, you know. by the way. Yeah, happy oh, Hanukkah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Eddie, have a... Have a happy holidays. We'll have I'm a good sure one tonight. Uh, our, our son is back a lot of good college. times with your family right yeah. now. Yeah, our son's back from college, having, going into his last semester, and we'll light some candles and exchange some gifts and goof around a little bit. <laughs> you know? Good. He's not a little kid anymore. He's tw- almost 22, yeah. so he can only goof around wow. just so much. You know, That's, but, uh, geez, That's but great. Well, it. I'm sorry. Yeah, we want to talk about no, no, no. Don't be sorry. You know, like I said, there's a little bit of a delay on this show, mm-hmm. so a lot of times I've heard people tell me, "Oh, we," you know, there's a little bit of overlap sometimes, but it does fix itself out when we go into when when people listen to it. And again, if you've missed the beginning of the show, um, you can listen to it again on iTunes and also as a download on um, iTunes and also Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio. And now I have both Gary and Ed Kleinman. Um, in in my studio, and Ed, um, I well, have on I got a good one recently. for Gary. Yeah, Gary, let's I, got, hear it. I got a good memory for you. Do you remember with Pig Iron playing Soldiers Field in Chicago? Oh, great gig! The huge, huge, you know, unbelievable gig. I mean, it's like I, never, I don't. I think that's the biggest place I've ever been in with anybody. 
Yeah, that was, I remember that was when the stage one. rotated around, and I think a couple of us were holding on to the drums so they didn't fall over or whatever. And then turning around. <laughs> I just remember the tiers of the stage, the yeah. the two levels. Mm-hmm. From one level down to the next was it wasn't just like a like a riser or something. It was like a six yeah. foot drop. Yeah, and then I remember, yeah, I remember Leon Russell jumping played. off of that and it was uh, it was intense. Yeah, I remember the two other groups that I remember played there, even though there were God knows how many, was Iggy Pop played and Leon Russell. Yeah, they were that. both great, I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah that yeah. was the mm-hmm. I was, it was that and the other memory I have is when we were all with them. We were down in Memphis, and we were crawling around uh, the front of uh, Elvis's house. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It was just funny oh, stuff that you know. Only you would be crawling around in front of Elvis's house. What well, were you guys I'm using doing? the word crawling. We weren't really crawling. We were walking around, but uh, you know, where is he? Where is he? You know, crazy. Stuff. Eddie, were you doing? with us when uh, we? When we almost got arrested in the air- airport in Denver because they thought we were the gang of thieves that just robbed a bank down the street. You know, there's a little there's a little memory in the back of my head on that one. There's a little memory back there. Yeah, not that the band looked shabby or anything, but you know, when you yeah. start getting arrested <laughs> for bank robbery, you know, you might want to check out your image a little bit. You know, oh, it must have been the buck knives and the tattoos, I guess. Yeah, I think I think with <laughs> elephants, we all look like thugs once in a while. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, but that was uh, it was great music being created. You guys always created incredible music that I was always impressed with. Uh, in a sense of here I am working Thanks, with man. bands and I'm various ones and then you just get blown away when something's going on. You know, you stand yeah. out there and you're listening to it in front of the stage. And I know when Holly and I were talking, you know, you guys created the music, you played the music, you performed the music. But there's all that other stuff to make that show go on. You know, from the That's good for roadies. Sure. That's where was, you came in. <laughs> yeah, well, to make it happen, you know, have good roadies and make sure that everybody, we all did our job. There's you got job us there. Yeah. And, you you know, dealt with all the, the BS. You uh, you took care of us uh, like we were, uh, you know, like we were something to be uh, dealt with. And we were, of course. You are, but, you know, the audiences don't realize that you once you're on stage and performing, you're performing at your maximum. You're performing at your best at that time. But all that stuff around it, from the lights to the sound to the guitars, the bass, the keyboards, drums, everything working properly makes it for them so that they see the show that you guys want to perform. But there's a lot of people involved go. in making that happen. Sure are. I mean, I told you. Were, you were a big help, man. Thanks. Well, I appreciate it. And I appreciate you remembering who I was. I kept staying in there and just kept going for 18 years. <laughs> Well, you got my book. You, you have a copy. We're of still my book. doing it. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't think we ever leave that industry. You know. I think. Yeah, it was nice of to uh, meet up again at May's at the oh, at was, May Panks party. I'm glad I got you a copy. Of, you did get a copy of my book. I did send it to you, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah, okay, you enjoyed it. <laughs> oh yeah, because yeah. you're in it, you know. Joint venture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what an yeah, adventure! Cool. Everybody's got to check that out. Yeah, the I journey. Know we had, we, I had him on with that book. We did a we did oh, an interview on that book, and it was kind of cool. Yeah, um, May May Pang's parties are um, pretty pretty iconic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's very interesting people, and you know, I'd say ninety five percent of the time the people are just being real people. Uh huh. 
Oh, you know, definitely. just being real people. And, you know, no matter who they are or what they are and where they're coming from or what they're doing, and it's always good music. Now, I've yeah. met some wonderful, always. wonderful people. I can imagine that. Well, I want to ask. I want to ask you, Ed. Um, mm-hmm. You're in your time working with the Elephant's uh, Memory Band. Um, besides the one um, thing that you talked about with Pig Iron and their um, gig in a field, there. Um, what memories do you have that you might want to share besides your um, introduction to sushi and the studio uh, and Yoko? That's really interesting. I heard a lot about Yoko um, really being that very diplomatically um, business-like, and she was always the one that really said, "No, no, no, let's do this, let's do that." Um, what kind of what kind of memories do you have that you'd like to share with us about very, the Elephant's Memory Band? The Elephant's Memory Band. There were Obviously, everyone had their own ego and identity. There was no doubt mm-hmm. about it. And there were times that it was it was hard at times to get everybody to do it, do what had to be done at that particular moment. Mm-hmm. Somebody, a couple of people would get lost backstage doing things, and you got the rest of the people on stage for sound check. But once they all hit that stage, the music was there. The music was there, and uh, it was a hard band at times. But you know. I didn't go into it expecting it anything to be easy. I had been around for a while by that time, and um, where I was, I listening to them working with John or working with Yoko in the studio was amazing. To hear what was being done, um, just amazing. But one of the, one of the things I remember is uh, the guys put doing. Uh, you guys did the background music for uh, with the band for Chuck Berry. I remember that exactly. That we did adventure. this uh, bio album yeah, in 1973. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was it was just good stuff, you know. Whether whether egos got in the way at times, you expect that, you know. You, you just you just deal with it, you know. If it drives you crazy, just block it out of your head and make sure the job is done. Because the last thing you want is you to be involved in a poor performance if you're working behind the scenes. If it's going to be a poor performance, an interesting it's going to come perspective. I'm yeah. not used to thinking of it that way. That's very interesting. No, I learned that early on, and it was. I'm just uh, worried about the notes on my end, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you guys had to worry about the music and worried about getting everybody together and being on stage and performing whatever time you started. We all know that if it was a nine o'clock show, it might not go on at nine o'clock <laughs> for lots of reasons. <laughs> exactly. I mean. It wasn't your band, but there was a band that I was managing that was playing. Uh, oh, that place in Times Square! I forgot. It used to be a. I forgot the name. A big, huge place, and they were supposed to go on at eleven o'clock. And they went on at three o'clock in the morning. No way. Oh boy, Cheetah? No, this was a Stranglers gig, but I'm trying. I can't remember the Bonds. That was the club, Bonds. Oh yeah, Times Square. Three, three o'clock. o'clock people on. actually waited there to put well, in the plate. Well, they had opening act. But it was also another thing. They, I wouldn't let, when I was managing bands, they're not going, even tour managing sometimes, we're not going on until we got paid. Wow. Well, that's, <laughs> that's smart. Uh, that's a very, that's a very that smart was... thing because you know what? I just recently had a very um, unpleasant experience with um, booking somebody out here in California, and that's the demand I made, and that was the snafu in the contract, the reason mm-hmm. why we... Um, canceled the gig because there were a lot of things that 
this person was putting out in the back end that they didn't even tell me about that I found out through the actual club um, told me. Um, So I can imagine being a manager um, with Elephant's memory band, yeah, and then also working as a tour manager with Mm -hmm. the other bands that you've worked with with Gary. I, I can only imagine it's, you know, being a manager, you have to set aside yourself from the whole thing. That's right. And like you said, there's so many different personalities involved. Um, Gary, when you were working, um, as you've, you know, grown through the industry and worked through the music industry and worked with these amazing other artists and stuff, how do you um, set yourself aside as an individual um, and not get lost in all the minutia that's going on with everything? How do you stay focused? Well, there's a lot of politics in in, in being in a band, you know. So yeah. as, as I explained earlier, I was a latecomer to the band, and uh, they'd had this history together. A couple of members of the band had in, been involved in the uh, Midnight Cowboy phase of mm-hmm. the band. So politically, I was uh, immediately on the lower end of the of the uh, you know the, the spectrum there in terms of whose songs are going to get put on the record, you know, so you get into mm-hmm. that kind of publishing stuff, and that's where the egos come in, as Eddie explained. Yeah. So uh, it, it's there's a lot of pressure. Being It's like being married to four other people, you know. It <laughs> can get pretty intense, you know. No, uh, yeah, no, so we managed it, right? to live through it. We, we, we hacked it out. Yeah. Uh, so my song from the record with John was Wind Ridge. I got my token mm-hmm. song. At least you got. At least I got one. It could have been worse. Amazing so song was, too, uh, by the way, that we opened up with. And um, what's really special about that song is that you wrote. You actually play. And what what. Tell me again what you play on that again. You play pretty much. Well, I'm um, playing a uh, acoustic things. guitar, bass, and the lead vocals on that. Wow. And it was John playing a Wurlitzer electric piano and Tex Gabriel on slide guitar. So it's really just the three of us, really, mm-hmm. with Rick Frank on drums. That would be four, sorry. Uh, but the okay. Stan and Adam weren't involved in that one. I think they got sent home that night. It just wasn't that uh. kind of a song, uh-huh. and uh, so I, we took a lot of uh, a lot of guff from that. I think they didn't think it was matched up to a lot of the other material, which is in style wise, and that's true. But uh, uh-huh. hey, what the hell? John loved it, so we did it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you oh, know, you I know it? you're doing. You're doing a lot of work right now with Jeff Slate, too, as well, um, right now, aren't you? Just in the last couple of years. uh, Yeah. It was 2011-12 was Jeff's Mm -hmm. record, I think. But I'm working with Gene Cornish now, my friend Gene Cornish. We're going to be doing a lot of things coming up of Gene Cornish of the Young Rascals. Mm-hmm. So we have our uh, where Gene's going to do a, a, a new band. It's called the Dangerous Lovers, <laughs> and uh, Steve Holly on drums with myself on bass. Nice. And, uh, it's going to be a nice lineup with uh, uh, Phil Narrow, who was the singer uh, with uh, Peter Chris's uh, band from mm-hmm. Kiss. Um, oh wow! He'll be the lead singer, and uh, I think they're going to have the uh, the Lussy Brothers doing the vocals and keyboards uh. and guitar. So it's going to be some uh, the Leslie brothers from the band Barnaby Bye. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, yeah. So it's a good lineup. That start kicks off on January 30th out at the uh, okay. Civic Center in uh, Bayshore, Long Island. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, that'll be uh, a lot of gigs to come, you know. Well, much much success uh, in that, and I hope that yeah, I can get. To, I hope I can get to see you guys when I'm up in Jersey. You know, being down here in Baltimore, yeah, I feel fun. like I'm out in the woods yeah. someplace on a farm, uh, but I'm not. We'll get down. I know we're going to be down in New Hope, Pennsylvania, at That's the very place close. of Vanna, so that New might Hope. be a little closer for you. Yeah, oh New gosh. Hope is close, and uh, I'm going to be in Florida. Not going to help you out too much, Holly. But no, <laughs> listen, listen, listen. <laughs> I have to tell you. That's so funny you mentioned New Hope because in the time that I've spent in Pennsylvania, because um, I mm-hmm. lived there for quite a long time oh, wow. also as well. Yeah, in outside near Wallingford, mm-hmm. outside of mm-hmm. um, near the yeah. mainline area. Um, yeah. And uh, we used to go to New Hope all the time because it was such an amazing little town, yeah. which was so yeah, off the nice map. Yeah, it's a nice little hang down there. Yeah. It is. Very trendy. It's got a different kind vibe. Of, yeah, it's vibe. neat. Yeah, you got to let yeah, me know I'm when you're playing. I'm looking forward to it. I think, uh, I think that gig is in April. Oh, so. good. If it's if it's April 18th, I won't be there. I got uh, I got tickets for the first time as a uh, you know Rock and Roll Hall of Fame person. I got tickets to go to the event. The, oh, you're uh, kidding. No, on April eighteenth, I'm going this year. I got tickets, and uh, yeah, I've never gone before. And I've been a, I don't know, original member from when they first opened, and they were looking for people to join, uh, you know, join in. Right. You know, but uh, I got tickets. We got a hotel room already. And uh, the guy sounds exciting. Yeah, the guy who does uh, the guy who's the uh, director of annual giving. We got to know each other. Over the years, and uh, so he's looking. You know, I got some decent seats up in the balcony, but a good stage. Oh, set. awesome! Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited about it. And there's some amazing yeah. people that are um, being inducted this year. Yeah, um, I know yeah. Lou Reed and quite a few other people are Butterfield, and uh, yeah, you know, there's a lot of good. This is going to be a good year for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's that's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then you know, January and February, I'm in Florida, staying warm. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Gary, you reach what an age where you got to go to Florida, you know? You know, I love Florida. Florida's amazing. It's yeah, like I'll a really nice place Gulf to get coast. away to. Yeah, it's beautiful. be on a Gulf beautiful. Coast. And, uh, Gary, if you get too cold, you and Eva, of course, are always invited down. Of course, hey, you are Hey, thanks too, for Holly. the invite. Appreciate it. Holly, you got an open invitation. Oh, Santa yeah, Bell and place Captiva. For... Love Santa Bell and Captiva. It's so beautiful Yeah, there. well, I'm north of that on uh, the Gulf in St. Pete Beach. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's really yeah, beautiful Captiva, down there. Santa Bella, really nice. Uh, it's absolutely yeah. gorgeous. You feel Alan like you're Drive, in the Caribbean. Yeah. The water's so blue. You can oh, see everything. Oh, is it nice? Yeah. This yeah, is my uh, fourth year down going down there, so uh, I'm becoming an old Jewish guy in Florida. <laughs> 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 I couldn't resist Gary, that. I want to ask you, Gary, um, besides the one gig that you talked about coming up, what else are you currently working on right now that you can tell our listeners so that they can know a little bit well, more? I don't um, think it would mean much at the present time, but I have a new song called The Jacktown uh-huh. Fair, uh, okay. and I'm really excited about it. It's another whole project coming up next summer, so I'm okay. already working on that now. Uh, it involves putting a whole new band together back in my home state of Pennsylvania where this fair wow. uh, takes place. It's the oldest fair in the United States. It's been running 150 years this coming summer, Wow! like a country fair, the oldest one in the, in the United States. It's 
started in 1865. So yeah. I wrote this song, kind of like a bio of the song, and uh, it, it's kind of a, a rockin' tune, a little bit of country influence there, and it'll be perfect for the setting out there in Pennsylvania. It's almost all the way out to Ohio and yep. south of Pittsburgh. And uh, I know where it's So that'll at. be next summer. I'm already working on that, trying to get to the musicians lined up in a studio and I'm going to actually record it out there with band people that are actually born there, all local musicians. So I don't know whether maybe I'm in over my head on this project, but that's what's (laughs) coming up next summer. (laughs) It sounds really, it sounds really cool that you're actually going to use local people. And, you know, I know the fair very well because um, living back there, living, you know, in Pennsylvania and also, you know, being around that, you know, we used to go to, gosh, we used to go to Amish country all the time, and we used to go <laughs> yep. antiquing on the weekends, and then New yeah. Hope, and then we'd always go all to the Jersey Shore. All at your disposal there, it's a great area for it. Yeah. Yep, Jersey Shore on the weekends, and then yep. upstate New York, the um, Oilstown, New Kensington, that whole area. I love those areas. Mm-hmm. They're just such amazing areas. It's so beautiful. And um, that's cool. So, and any nothing's unimportant. I think that's a really cool project that you're working on. Um, that's something to look forward to. I'd love to have you back when that takes off. Um, what has Gary? been? Yeah, go Sorry. go. Gary, Gary, Gary yeah, you're, not, no. you're never over your head. You're too creative for that. <laughs> he is creative, well, isn't he? He's very yeah, creative. it's it's more like uh, I think I'll need you for it, Ed, because it's more about the logistics of the whole thing. <laughs> I'm really oh, yeah. actually gonna. If you needed help on something. Doing something 400 miles away. You know, well, if you need help on anything, daunting. just I'm around. And yeah. I've got, I do have time because being semi-retired, I only coach yeah. people well, in Australia now. So. I'll keep you posted. Yeah, let me know. I definitely want to see you guys play in New Hope, though. I hope it's a weekend that I'm Yeah, here, I'm looking forward to that one. That's going to be a gig. Yeah, a gig that's not quite so far away from me for a change. That's uh-huh. only about an hour or so for me. Nah, it's, it's wow. probably two hours from us here if we take the back roads to get there. Yeah, right. And the no back roads point. are fun to take, let me tell you. In my I, car, they I are. I think they already <laughs> have it on their schedule, so it's a definite gig. I think Eva said it's already on their bills. Yeah, so. yeah let me oh, know what date awesome. it is. Hmm. So is Eva, is Eva home? Did she get home in time for the interview? No, she's still uh, doing the track. She's, is uh, she? Oh, uh, so. she has that beautiful ride home. Um, Muter, Muter Maddox. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, you know, I wanted to ask you um, also, Gary. You have also um, appeared in a few feature films. Um, you appeared in the feature film Imagine, Yoko's Then and Now music video, um, Chuck Berry's Hall, Hail Hail Rock and Roll, and the John Lennon right. video collection, and um, the John Lennon anthology bo- box set as well as the documentary, The U.S. versus John Lennon. And I know that was a really big thing with you guys because I remember you were around when, um, I, I remember briefly hearing that your phones were tapped while they were investigating Lennon during the Nixon administration. So true. That easy. Yeah. That ears may have oh, been yeah. tapped too. You don't, really don't yeah. know, you know. Yeah. You'd probably you check it out with the Freedom of Information Act, but uh, I'm pretty sure we were all tapped. Sure, that was, uh, you know, who knows what they're looking at these days, too, so who cares? <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, really. Are you kidding? You know what I read this morning? I re- it was really scary. I read that they did a, um, a little 
um, demo demo thing in Germany to see if they could tap people's um, get into people's um, messages on their iPhones or any kind of device, and also listen to conversations. And they were able to successfully do it, along with a general that um, said he would be part of the um, whole thing, and um, he was part of it, and they were able to get into his phone. So this is pretty scary what's going on right now. And, you know, the other day, and I'm really glad the show didn't go down today, the other day my show that I was doing um, went down, and I think it was during the whole time that we've been having some issues. I don't know if anybody's noticed anything weird with uh, the Internet lately in the last couple of days, but it's been very <laughs> slow and very weird because this whole thing uh-huh. with Sony and these and these uh-huh. groups that are um, the Lizard Group and then some other group, I don't know what they're doing, but they're hacking people's. I wouldn't stuff. rule anything out at this if you point. Guys, I know. Excuse me, guys, but if you guys had, I, I would, last few days it's very slow and stuff, I would click on something and it would tell me to wait and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, me too. I had uh, yeah, I had my techie guy into he they do it by remote on my computer. Oh, what they say? Well, he just he didn't talk a whole lot about, but I saw him delete an awful lot of little lines here and there and you know, kind of different stuff he was deleting and then he put in a uh, a new they watch my computer, my techie people. They see if there's any viruses from their office. It's a remote type of thing. And these guys, are, they've yeah. been here. They, they, they're not only remote, but they have this whole remote program. They put a new remote program to walk, keep an eye on to make sure are nobody's screwing. Are you on a Windows machine? Yeah, I use uh, when I'm Windows 7. See, I'm a Mac person. Yeah. That's why I just can't handle it because I've dealt, I've dealt with Windows before. Yeah, I, I've I been can't. for years. Yeah. That's, I'm okay it's with really it, hard for me. These guys, yep. you know, they charge me $50 a month, and they keep everything clean. And when I called them today, Good. because things were so slow, he found stuff in there. He wasn't getting I didn't ask him a lot of questions because I don't have to, you know. Yeah. And that guy just watching what he was doing, and I saw things he was deleting. And he said, you should be. And it did speed up a little bit, and I haven't had that problem today. So something was in oh, there. Awesome. That wasn't, yeah. Well, let's, let's hope that all of our Internet doesn't go down on Christmas Day like they're um, talking about. Oh, um, boy. I'm probably yeah, not even going to be on my computer Christmas Day. <laughs> oh, shut it down, no, get no. I hope that we're all doing something else. But they were talking about taking down all the gaming sites just oh, to wonderful. see if they could do it for everybody. Yeah, could you imagine all these little kids that get their new ex- their new games? My poor and stuff son. Or, yeah. My son's in some sort of card game now. The cards look <laughs> like... Uh, no, he's playing, he's playing with his friends. They can talk to each other through their laptops and everything. Oh, that's and funny. Playing, it's, not, it's not regular, like... You know, playing blackjack and stuff. It's yeah. some sort of adventure card games. The cards look like those cards they used to get in what the kids were doing years ago. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they're so wrapped up in this thing. You know, they walk around with their uh, iPod, iPads playing this game. Oh, yeah, and they're no, all, they're all over the country now. They're all, you know, they're all played down at school and then they're all home for the holidays. So, yeah, well, I, that I don't, brings I don't up understand that. That totally brings up something I want to bring up with Gary. Gary, you know, I know that you probably and you too, Ed, have seen over the years how everything has gone digital. There's nothing like having a CD in your hand or actually having um, a hard copy or vinyl, which is coming back, guys. Vinyl is yes. coming back. Um, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, though they yeah, are. You go to any rec- any record store these days, you'll see most of them have a section of vinyl, and I'm seeing a lot mm-hmm. of acts put out vinyl plus the CD. Yep. Fine yep. with me. Yep. <laughs> Gary, are you putting you can actually read the print on the back. <laughs> yeah. 
Are you putting any putting out any vinyl on any of your releases that you're going to be doing in the future? Are you thinking about it? Don't have any plans to do that, but it's an interesting concept. I, I might consider go, that with the with the single. Of, uh, I don't know. That'd be that'd be interesting. Be It'd be good to have cool. a forty-five in my hand. That'd be different. I got oh two turntables plugged in. That would be so cool. Well, I want to talk about your CD packaging. Um, it's really cool. I love the picture on the front. Um, Pop Goes the Elephant is yourself and your and Eva, which is yeah. That was actually taken on our anniversary night, or the night of our oh, anniversary. I remember just, uh, seeing those pictures. Came to me that that uh, well, there it is. There's uh, the selfie is the the cover. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Talk it's, about it's ultra amazing. low budget, right? No, yes. but I had yep. a wonderful designer help me with the whole uh-huh. package, and uh, he was uh, Perlinski Design, and the guy was just amazing. I love his color concept of the whole package. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I love I'm the happy color with of the it. CD. You like it's it? Purple. Yeah. It's like a lavender color. Yeah, a little bit, a really little pretty. bit of everything. All the elephants. <laughs> Eddie, you remember all those that purple, red, and white uh-huh. uh, elephant uh-huh. memory logo? This on the back. Oh, so yeah. they, he kind of just stole all the colors from That's that. Right. So it was good. Worked out well. Oh, yeah. Now that I'm looking at it, I can actually see what you're saying. And then if you open the yeah. inside, you can actually see the um, gear um, cases um, for the plastic Ono and the Elephant's Memory Band. Yeah, I'm sure Eddie's probably lifted that one a few times. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've got the CD in my hands right now. Isn't it? It's such a you great CD. You have to be CD. prepared if you're going to be, you know. I like the American flag. I like the American flag in the in the back, but it's also on Wind Ridge Records. Now, is that your record company, Gary? Yeah, that's a, a company I started a, a few years back, and uh, okay. always wanted to do a publishing company and have total control of everything, and that's why I'm sure. just selling it on the website. And mm-hmm. uh, so I've kind of uh, been in that mode now for about seven years. It all started when I did the book and uh, the instructional book and I just I loved having control of that whole process the book from beginning to end without any real publisher or somebody looking over your shoulder or, you know I did my own editing I did everything on the book so uh, I, I got a lot of uh, satisfaction doing that so I said uh, when I go into this record project if I'm going to narrow all these tunes down and you know, spend production costs to have the, the designer do a cover. You know, I'm I'm going to do everything uh, my way. I'm just going to totally be the boss for once. You know, I'm so used to having like an art department at the at the record company or a manager. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody a making manager. all your decisions. <laughs> it was just fun to to be the boss for a change. Isn't it nice? Isn't yeah. it nice to be that to get that yeah. way? Oh, it really is. I didn't yeah, have to have Al, uh, Alan mm-hmm. Klein, you know, giving uh, giving us a call, you know, bitching about salaries or whatever, you know, from yeah, Apple right. or whatever. Uh, uh, <laughs> I totally get what you're saying because I know with my company, I have to have total control of everything. And it's not because I'm a yeah. control freak. It's because I want to make sure everything is pretty much done the way I want artistically yeah, go. and visually and everything, you know. Uh, Eddie, so, did you have your salary garnished when uh, an old management company came back after Elephant's Memory? Do you remember anything you know, like I don't, that? I don't remember getting it garnished or anything, but it could have happened. Uh-huh. But 
from uh, the time. probably just involved us, but uh, I got my salary garnished from Apple because, and I wasn't even with the band when this manager came after them. Mm-hmm. You know, when we started playing with John, everybody came out of the woodwork. Sure, you know? sure. So there were like a couple of suits from old managers, and I just thought, I can laugh about it now. Yeah. But at the time, it was really a bummer having your salary garnished no, from a, wow. a management contract you had never really signed, you know. So yeah, no, I just I wondered if you were involved in that. I, I don't remember if I was. Yeah, I mean, good. It could have been. I don't, it could have been. You know, I just, who knows. it. But that that's all part of stuff that I learned over the years on the road with not only you guys, but, you know, as a tour manager, you get to deal with the manage, the managers. And I saw the right. good, the bad, and the ugly. And when I oh, I'm sure my, you did. And when I was had my own management company, I only took seventeen and a half percent, not twenty percent. And when I gave it up and I was get moving out of it, I took no future royalties from anything that I worked on. We just stopped right then and there, unless there was an odd or end little thing that there was some publishing right. that I had piece of that I had for five more years, and I didn't keep it for five years. I sold it back to them for two years. After two years, I wasn't mm-hmm. going to, you know, if I'm not involved in it, you don't owe me any money is where I came from. I saw too many people get ripped off and lose uh, money because the managers own this and the managers own that, and they weren't managing the bands for years, but they're still get, collecting money. It didn't make right. sense to me. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. That comes along with like baggage that you have a little bit. I know when you work with somebody a little bit more more um out there if you're working with them sometimes you have to handle a little bit of the stuff that comes along with it. But yeah. you know, you've done some amazing work and there's some amazing things that I'm sure you will continue on with and I know that you're carrying on your own legacy with um this new C D Pop Goes the Elephant, again, um, with Gary then. Um, Thanks, Gary, Holly. I Gary, really appreciate you having me on the show. Are you kidding? It's, like, such a <laughs> pleasure. Are you kidding? It's, like, so fun. And having Ed here, too, as well. well I'm honored is, that you asked me to come on. And it's well, that was a bonus. Thanks for calling yeah. in, Eddie. Uh, thank you for all the help over the years, and thanks for being my friends. I am being friends with you and Eva. Oh, so, Gary, if You're anyone wants to get in touch with you, <laughs> yeah, I know. And um, Ed's on Facebook under Ed Kleinman, and um, Red Velvet Media Joint is on venture. Facebook. Yeah. Joint, yeah, there Joint you go. Venture. Joint Venture, a rock and roll, uh, backstage rock and roll journey. Everybody can get it on Amazon. It's <laughs> awesome. There you go. This is my plug. It's an awesome book. And um, Red Velvet Media is on uh, Facebook as well as my own personal page under Holly Steffi, if you can find me. And then, <laughs> and then Gary, you've got a fan page. You've got a fan page on uh, right. Facebook. And you've also got Definitely. the website, which I put up. Mm-hmm. And, again, let me give that out again. It's um, obviously www, and that's G-A-R-Y-V-A-N-S-C-Y-O-C.com. And um, it's a really cool website. And I want to thank you so much for being here. And I wanted to, I wanted to be able to play Eva's song too, but we're running out of time. And I want to play the Imagine song too. Um, I think that would sure be a fitting Eva, ending. That would be great. It was not something personal. I love the song that you did for her. And if you guys want to hear no it, problem. make sure to go pick up the CD. And there you go. Check out the website oh, yeah. and. Um, 
I want to say the next time I'm going to be on the air, believe it or not, is Christmas Eve. Gosh, Uh, 24th is coming up next week already. Um, Happy holidays, you guys. Yeah, Yeah. happy holidays, and may 2015 be everybody's best year ever. It's going to be an amazing year. We're going to go into it with hopefully peace, love, and happiness. Um, Same to you guys. Yeah. So, um, again, make sure to check out Red Velvet Media. If you missed the beginning of the show, it will be available on iTunes afterwards and also on demand. And um, thanks to everyone that was in the chat room today. And we're going to end the show with the Imagine song. Now, a little bit of background on that. You guys recorded that a few weeks after John's um, departure from this world. Um, yeah, so this would have been 81, 1981. Mm-hmm. We were called in by uh, Kenny Gamble and Leon Huff of the famous uh, Philadelphia International team, uh, mm-hmm. Philadelphia International Records, and they uh, they called us to do a tribute album originally, and we did this one track as a, a little teaser for them, and I don't really remember why it didn't work out. I don't think it had anything to do on our end. It was something on their end. Uh, but this one track had been done at Sigma Sound and never released. So I just got the uh, bright idea uh, to put it on the record as uh, a little bonus track. So I'm glad I did. It deserves to be heard. It's a pretty amazing Otherwise, track, I don't like think anyone will ever hear it. So, no, uh, well, just, they're going to uh, hear it today. It came to me to add it on to the record. And they're gonna thanks hear for it playing today. it. You need to put it on YouTube, yeah. Gary. You need to put this song on YouTube. <laughs> Maybe I will. You yeah, do. Not a bad idea. I have a, idea. a video of the song Eva that uh, you can see on uh, yep. YouTube. But, cool. but thanks for the suggestion. You're right. It would be a good one to stick on uh, on YouTube so it could be heard a little bit more. I think I think that once everybody hears it today, they're going to want to hear it again. And um, the only way you guys can get this song right now is to purchase Pop Goes the Elephant. Um, again, and uh, we're going to go ahead and play that, and I want to thank everyone again, and make sure to tune in next Wednesday as I do my traditional Christmas Eve show with Jan and Elaine Smith, and we're going to read Twas the Night Before Christmas, and maybe have a visit All right, we'll be Santa. tuning we're in. Not sure. We will. We will. Yeah. So I want to thank you, Gary, so much for being here, and Ed, I want to thank you, too. Thanks, Holly. Thank I really appreciate it. Had a great you. show. Holly. Anytime. Thank you, Thank Holly. you, Eddie. Right. Anytime. All right. And Happy it's Friday, holidays, guys. you guys. Yes, thank you. Yeah, and okay. it's Friday. Don't drink and drive. Have a good weekend. <laughs> All right. And um, here you guys go. Have a great We're New Year. Have a show now. You Have a great New Year. Happy New Year. Happy Christmas, guys. And happy you Hanukkah. Too. Yes, thank you. Hold I will on light here. a We're candle play for that. you tonight. You will get a We're going to play that song right after You've the been listening to yeah. Red Velvet Media with Holly Steffi. Thanks for listening, and tune in again next time. Oh, you're late.